and welcome to Let's Talk Packaging. Pack Worldwide is excited to bring what we know and add it into your toolkit for flexible packaging needs. I'm Donald Anderson, your host for this inaugural season of the Let's Talk Packaging podcast, and we really can't wait to bring you each week's industry expert and the wisdom that they have for us. This week, John Bartell, PAC's Vice President of Sustainability, and Courtney Boshaw, our Sustainability Coordinator, are here with me as we talk through, you guessed it, sustainability. To start out, I'd love to hear from you both just how you came into your current role, what you're doing now, what do you do now, I guess would be good, and you know what? how does it pertain to our distribution reps out there and our customers out there you know, why, why th- should they know who you are and, and how can we use your expertise? There's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Just, That's there a was, long question. <laughs> questions, <laughs> but, uh, give, you know, give us some scope on what you do, who you are here at Pack Worldwide. So my name is John Bartell. I'm the Vice President of Sustainability for Pack Worldwide, and I've been in this role for two years. I've been with Pack uh, since 2001 in a number of different roles. Over the years, I have been exposed to many different parts of the organization, from sales to sales management to our international sales, um, to our marketing, to our communication. So really seeing all aspects of the business. And through that, I've been exposed to, to a lot, both internally and externally. So internally, our manufacturing processes. Um, so, so if I go back to the beginning, one of your questions, I think, was um, how I got involved in sustainability or why. I would say it started really early. Um, and if you look at our Mexico facility, which back in the day, we just focused on paperboard. That's all we did was, was paperboard um, products. Today, as you know, we've expanded to polyethylene products down there. But in the beginning with paperboard, it was really amazing to go down and see their processes. Um, and I think they were on the forefront of the circular economy because really everything that they were and still are using uh, was coming from recycled content, sure. a, a very, a very high, high content. They're right next to a pull plant down there, right? W- uh, wasn't that part of our intentional? Yeah. Placement? So the, the, the initial intention was, uh, closer to the mill, the better mm. just for efficiencies. And so we were really close to the mill down there. And so when you initially go down to the Mexico facility, you're also touring the mill facility. And so to see these guys at that mill or that plant, um, utilize post-consumer products into the products that we're using. And, and so our paperboard is almost hundred percent, uh, post-consumer, um, and then to see the process within our plants w- where there's very little waste. And if there is waste, that it's recycled. And so from a professional standpoint, that I think was my initial foray into sustainability, really see- seeing that circular economy uh, from the get-go a long time ago. Um, from a personal standpoint, I think just it's always been ingrained in me, uh, I-, I think from growing up that, um, you know, let- let's take a camping trip, for example, leave that trail or that campsite better than you found it. Yeah. I always, always don't pack it in, pack it out. Yeah. yeah. So, so same concept there. Right. And so, um, uh, gosh, you're walking through the trail and you see a piece of garbage. Don't just walk over it. Yeah. Pick it up. Right. And so I think from a personal standpoint, it's just always been ingrained in me and just taking that to the next step with a professional life. Awesome. Courtney, what, how about you? Uh, you are, I think the, uh, least tenured member here at the <laughs> table, but that doesn't mean Definitely. you're brand new. Yeah, so I 
Well, first of all, my name is Courtney Beauchat. Um, I'm the sustainability coordinator. Um, so I actually interned for PAC um, during college. I believe it was 2014. And it was also under John, who was in marketing at the time. So it was a um, marketing internship. Um, so I kind of got a taste for PAC, um, continued with marketing, and uh Let's see, I started my current position in 2019, beginning of 2019. Um, I was working for a catering company doing marketing and just really wanted to switch things up. Um, I had no professional sustainability experience, um, but it was always something I was passionate about. Um, I took some a few classes through college regarding um, sustainable business, but uh, John really took a chance on me. Um, and so when I started, it was kind of sustainability and packaging mm-hmm. 101. I think we went to how many conferences? We <laughs> threw Courtney into the fire <laughs> yeah. uh, immediately. I, I think you started in March 2019. And in the first six weeks, we probably traveled four times together uh, to multiple conferences across the country um, to her first initial uh, trip to Ohio mm. um, to present in front of the whole sales team in yeah. regards to sustainability and what we're doing. Yeah. And so she, she was a quick study, uh, brings great energy to the group um, and, and great knowledge and is, is really my right hand person, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> or left hand, whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so driving the conversation, I guess, into sustainability, which clearly is what we want to talk about today. Why, why is PAC in the last, really the last two years especially, been pushing sustainability as a narrative, not only internally for our employees and for our sales team, but we really want our customers to embrace it as well. What kind of led up to that push? Uh, John, I'll give that towards you since you can have that perspective on that. Sure. And then why should our distributors focus time, energy, money, and, and join us with that push? Yeah, I think PAC has always been uh, sustainably minded in our manufacturing processes, um, but never really had um, a focus or a person focusing on it. Uh, It was more of, okay, this is happening operational. Let's make sure we're we're doing a good job. But there was never somebody heading it up. Mm. And so the push towards sustainability and really making it a focal point uh, happened about a year before I came into this position. And... I think a lot of it had to do with uh, environmental manufacturing processes and practices, and then also public perception, really, of plastic. Mm. And so we really wanted to focus on it and get ahead of the curve and and be proactive and not reactive. And so creating... creating internal initiatives. So what are we doing from the manufacturing side of things? And then also external, customer facing. What are we doing from the the product side of things? And being as transparent as possible with those. And so our goal with with both of those, both internal and and external, um, really I'm hoping helps our sales team um, out in the market Mm. to, to show our customers, our distributors, that, that PAC really cares about the communities that we live in, the environment that, that we're part of. Um, our goal with any of our products is to keep those products out of the environment. So talking to our sales team, talking to our company as a whole to say, how can we keep this value, com- valuable commodity in the circular economy? 
it it doesn't involve it we don't want it out in the environment mm-hmm. um we've all seen it especially in the last couple of years um plastic plastic backlash plastic has a huge bullseye on its back because you're seeing it out in the environment sure you're seeing it in the oceans you're seeing it on the side of the road you're seeing it in the whale's bellies um it, it shouldn't be there mm-hmm. and we want to do a really good job of, of trying to keep it out of the environment and so talking to our sales team trying to educate them on what we're doing with our practices uh, what we're doing by putting more recycled content into our products why should our distributors put their time, their money, their resources into embracing that along with us. You know, essentially, I think as as someone who has personally been out in the field to hear some of these conversations take place live time, uh, you know, there's always the age old question of why should I pay more? Why why my dollar to save the environment, I I guess, is is what it drills down to. Because I think your consumers are demanding it. Mm. They're demanding that their manufacturers, their distributors, their um, suppliers are um, doing something for the environment. Yeah. And if if they're not, there's somebody probably down the street that is that might have better service, might have a better product. Uh, and so it, it goes hand in hand with, with consumer demand, customer demand. Courtney, John brought up recycled content in mailers. And I know there's been uh, a few things that we've done in the last 18 months to incorporate more recycled content into stock products that we have on hand. What Mm -hmm. has that progression looked like? And uh, where are we at now? So we are utilizing our um, NGR pelletizer machines. Um, So internally, um, when we manufacture, we take all the scrap from our um, products that didn't make it into the final product. And we put it, we feed it through the pelletizer. um, And that creates what we would call um, PIR or post-industrial resin. And then we are able to um, put that back into our products, which is super cool. So it's circular just within our um, plant. Um, And in terms of, I think you should jump in in terms of how we've progressed along increasing recycled content and those numbers and stuff. Yeah, this was a a company um, decision coming from the top in regards to uh, investing in the NGRs. Because prior to that, we had one um, uh, different brand of pelletizer in one of our facilities. And we would feed scrap into that and then <clears throat> sell those pellets essentially out the back door to somebody that was making them into something else. So uh, and a pretty low grade product it would go into a trash can liner, for example, which is not a problem. It's still circular. Um, but we decided um, with the business growing, um, there was a better way to utilize our scrap uh, and that really involved a lot of investment. So millions of dollars in these pelletizers. Um, education from a, a plant standpoint in regards to, okay, now we have all these different streams of scrap coming through the plant. We can't just put them all on the machine and it comes, comes out magically and it's this great resin pellet. Um, and so teaching the teams how to segregate the streams of scrap so we can best utilize those and keep them back in the circular economy because we need... Our recipes are very complex, and so we can't just have all resin going in and coming out. It's got to be separated that we can put then put back into our film streams. Going into uh, our stock products, yeah. what 
what are we doing now or what have we done the last couple of years? Um, I, I've heard some different numbers thrown around about, oh, this percentage here, this percentage there. Where are we at and where are we hoping to be in the next? Yeah, yeah. No, great question. Um, we want to be the leader in recycled content and flexible packaging. And I think we've made great strides in the last year. Uh, beginning of 2019, excuse me, beginning of 2020, uh, we put together a steering committee for recycled content um, to look at all of our products. So not just one of our products, look at all of our products across the board because there's a lot of, of uh, different departments involved. So you have engineering involved, you have operations involved, you have sourcing involved uh, because hey, if we decide in our rolled bubble film for the pack jacket that we're going to do 42%, well, we have to source that. And so um, our sourcing department has done a, a fantastic job dealing with our current suppliers for virgin resin. And now we're asking them to go out and source um, both PCR, post-consumer resin, and also PIR, in addition to what we're um, generating internally. And so it's this big, big picture. Oh, and then the other thing, it's got to be cost effective. It's got to be able to run through our machines efficiently until you have mm. all these different variables. And so it's a long journey for us. Um, we're just in the beginning, but we, I mentioned earlier, we want to be proactive in what we do in regards to sustainability. And um, we don't have a, a set goal for next year. Talking through the life cycle of a polymailer, we're talking about the circular um, lifespan of, of plastics and Obviously, that's a hot topic in the news. We've seen numerous major journalism efforts to uh, take apart plastic manufacturing and, and encourage other types of manufacturing. Looking specifically at the life cycle of a polymailer, you know, one, one of our key items that we produce, what does that life cycle look like from manufacturing to uh, the end goal of re-implementation back into uh, a post-use of the polymailer, what does that look like? You know, f fill us in on what that life cycle look like, looks like ideally. And I'm sure I'll have follow-ups to kind of take that different ways, but ideally, what does that life cycle look like? So ideally, you manufacture the polymailer, the customer sells it. Well, let's follow a specific polymailer. Let's say you order something um, from a makeup company and they send their products in the polymailer, the customer opens it. Um, right now, the options are hopefully the consumer is cutting the paper label off and taking it to a store drop-off location. Polymailers uh, cannot go through curbside recycling streams. Unfortunately, they um, are too hard for the uh, MRF material recovery facility uh, to process. Um, and if you see the inside of a MRF, it kind of like connects all the dots. You're like, no wonder <laughs> recycling is so low and you can't recover anything really. Um, so ideally the customer would take it to a store drop-off. From there, the um, company that hosts these boxes um, right now, how to recycle and Nextrex um, host over over 30,000. Yeah, so tons of boxes. Um, they recover all this uh, flexible packaging. They will then clean it, um, grind it back down into pellets, and then they will um, sell it as that valuable um, PCR commodity. Um, and then ideally, companies, manufacturing companies would buy that back and then use it back into their products. So what about room for improvement as part of that cycle? 
obviously there's a lot of reliance on the consumer to do a lot of the work, right? Um, I know since I started working here for PAC, as I've learned more about sustainability and about plastics recycling, we've started, and for some of my family have started, um, you know, flexible plastics get put in their own location instead of into the into the recycling bin those plastics go in their own place and we bring them here at pack we have drop-offs at our pack locations to be able to put in as an employee um but where is room for improvement and realistically because it's a long process it's been a long process already um yeah so i think there's room for improvement um from everyone involved um i mean i think as a manufacturer it's our responsibility to um educate uh, really kind of the world and the marketplace um, on the fact that it is a valuable commodity that should be not rescued, but (laughs) it should be reused. (laughs) Um, But then I also think it is up to um, the individual brands and companies to educate their consumers. Um, Their is quite a bit of education, but it's really confusing. I mean, as a consumer, um, you need to cut off the paper labels, and that's something that a lot of people don't know. So I think education is a huge place for improvement. And I think just encouraging people to like know the story of the process, I think that makes it more impactful to know that there's a reason for doing it. Yeah, so I grew up with the three R's recycling, right? Reduce, reuse, recycle, right? The three R's. I grew up on that. Um, obviously, I grew up on the, on the West Coast. I think all three of us did here in this room. And so that was like part of our science curriculum almost was it was talking about that pbs would talk about it uh channel nine for me in the bay area where i grew up um and uh john you've been proposing a fourth r rethink yeah so um at pack we try and emphasize the four r's reduce reuse recycle and rethink and with those four r's it goes back to your question of hey if we were looking at doing things better for a polymailer for example what would we do and so if you look at those four R's, the last one is rethink. And so we should really be rethinking everything. But then it ties back into the, the three R's, right? And so mm-hmm. polymailers, reduce, right? So reduction of mill thickness is something that everybody should be looking at. Um, you need your package to protect. It needs to go from A to B. That is that is the goal of the poly. Everyone can, can agree on this. <laughs> Everybody should be able to agree on this, right? And so looking at your polymailer and saying, hey, is there a way that we can make this lighter but still strong enough? And so PAC has some amazing material engineers that work wonders with our, our mixes and our resins. And is there a way to drop something from a 2.5 mil to a 2.25 and still have it as strong and be able to get from A to B. And maybe that's one of the ways, going back to my previous question about, you know, why should distributors and customers put time, energy, resource into sustainability? Well, sometimes it's going to save them money. Right. So if you're reducing the gauge, in theory, those cases or pallets or truckloads, it's going to be lighter. It's a ripple effect. Ripple effect. Less trucks on the road, um, less freight, less gas, diesel used, et cetera. Um, reduce, reuse. Um, we, we talk about the second R, or we should be talking about it all the time, right? Single-use plastics are bad. Um, some of them uh, are necessary. Like if you think of uh, plastics in medical, for example, 
you're going to use that one time and then you have to throw it away or recycle it. But if we're looking at packaging, for example, uh, we should be looking at a dual peel and seal on all of our packaging. So that can be used again, either resent again back in the mail or reused for something else. So, so think of all of uh, the things that you use on a daily basis. Can you use that again? It's kind of common sense sure. if you think about it. Uh, recycle. Courtney uh, touched on different ways to recycle. Um, here at PAC, as you had mentioned, Donald, we have uh, e-commerce and uh, grocery bag returns. So um, our employees or really the general public can bring it back to Pack, and we'll recycle it for you. Um, the How to Recycle program and the Next Trucks program set up well throughout the nation to um, – handle plastic films or flexible films. And that's not just our poly mailers. That is air pillows. That's bubble. That's grocery bags. That's over wraps. Anything that's flexible packaging that's not a mixed material in theory should be able to be dropped off there. Um, and the last one goes back to rethink, goes back to education that Courtney was talking about, talking to our customers, talking to consumers about um, ways to keep this circular, not linear, to keep it out of the environment and back in the business model because it is a valuable commodity. Going back to those conversations with customers, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, this conversation that we talk, we classify internally as mailer versus box. And we talk about, uh, you know, why should someone choose a poly mailer or poly bubble mailer versus a corrugated box? And, and there's a lot of factors in terms of perception of sustainability and perception of recyclability and reality and cost and reality, you know, things like that. But how have those conversations evolved over your career uh, going from in sales to marketing to sustainability with Pack Worldwide? Um and how do we see them evolving moving forward? I think our customers, our distributors, are taking more of a holistic approach now when it comes to packaging. So not just looking at one aspect. And so if you're looking at uh, boxes versus mailers specifically, uh, I believe when, this, when we first introduced this concept, it all had to do with shipping and dim weights. Hey, here's a way where it's going to cost you less to ship your product by putting it in a mailer versus a box. That that was really the the genesis of of this all. Um, and then we started looking at it more holistically from an environmental aspect, right? If you're looking at what does it take to create that box versus that mailer from an energy standpoint, from a raw material standpoint, from an electricity standpoint, the carbon footprint of a poly mailer versus a a box you win every time when you're looking at a poly mailer, including your end of life scenario as well. And so that's, um, in my eyes, how it started. And as people continue to look at, once again, that holistic approach, looking at everything, there will be um, more options for us and more companies, I think, looking at a mailer going, you know what, we don't need a box. As long as our product is able to be protected, um, able to get through different seasons. Let's say it's the rainy season or the snowy season where it needs to ha be water resistant versus a box that might wilt away in the, in the, the rain or the snow. Um, continually downsizing. Uh, Amazon is a great example. Um, if you look at how they've been criticized in the past about their packaging, the majority of that criticism started with over packaging. You're sending me this huge box with this tiny little memory card in it. What a waste of packaging, waste of freight. And so they're realizing that for a lot of applications, they don't need a box. Um, another evolution of that is our um, pack jacket system. 
right? Right sizing our packaging where you can actually um, get a bubble mailer made in line that will package what you're sending versus using a box. I, I want to finish up kind of the conversation here for this episode talking about um, just some real life application. What are some real life scenarios that you've seen where, where it's been um, you know, a consultative approach that we've taken or maybe we had to discover something new for a customer or um, maybe by failing we discovered a, a new truth that we followed as a company in terms of making sustainability a larger priority. Do you guys have any real life examples that we can share to kind of put a cap on this conversation for today? Yeah, one example is a customer of ours called ThreadUp. And this was very much a, a joint effort in regards to how PAC could help them become more sustainable, but it was also driven by them a little bit. And, and so ThreadUp is a great customer. Uh, at the time, they were using our poly bags for certain applications, and then they were also using a paper bag for certain applications. Um, they realized that going poly um, would actually give them a better footprint than using paper. And so they were kind of bucking the trend where everybody else was like, I'm getting out of plastic. They said, well, hold on, let's look at this. Let's look at the overall, once again, I'll go back to that holistic approach. Um, and they realized that um, environmentally, plastic was a better solution for them. Um, but one of the issues they were coming into was, and some other companies are facing this as well, is, okay, we have these plastic mailers, they're fully recyclable, but hold on, we have a paper label. And so if that's recycled, it's hard to recycle because you've got a combination of two substrates, paper and a plastic. And so they um, were happy to adopt the how to recycle program um, where they're printing that on their packaging, but it still requires their customer to take an extra step, which is to remove that label. Whether you're trying to pull it off, whether you're trying to cut it off, it's an extra step that they didn't want to make their customers do. And so we worked hand in hand to find a poly label. So that bag and that mailer could all be recycled as one. And so that was a great collaboration and that's where it started, but it's not done yet. So what they like to do is actually, uh, and their mailer, by the way, uh, has a high percent of recycled content in it, but they want to get more of a circular story. So they want to be able to uh, collect those mailers, have us reprocess them and then put them back into that mailer film. So it's a great, great circular story, great sustainability story. Uh, a great story of PAC working hand in hand with one of their customers in regards to sustainability. Yeah, that's terrific. When that conversation developed with them, where where did they start in terms of the polymailers they were using? And where are they now? I, I guess, what, how did that end up, besides the label, how did that end up in terms of the change in their packaging use? So today, all of their mailers that they use are 100% poly. Well, thank you both for joining us. We are going to continue the conversation on our next episode, uh, more into sustainability and and some of the real world applications that we are taking place as a company to make it more effective for our customers to be able to approach us about that conversation. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, talk to you both next time. We appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. That'll be it for us on episode two of Let's Talk Packaging. Thanks again to John and Courtney for filling us in on sustainability as it pertains to flexible packaging. You can find us for questions and comments at pacpack.com or searching for us on any of the normal social media platforms. Pack Worldwide is the premium manufacturer. 
of protective mailers and specialty packaging solutions for the courier, e-commerce, fulfillment, and distribution markets. Thanks for listening with us, and we'll be back soon. Thank you.